we sometimes have years where the market doesn't trade more than a percent or two a day. Years. Streaks. It's trading 4% every other day now. Take advantage of that volatility. Upgrade too. If you're trading, you don't need to screw around with like, like small caps. Really trade T triple Qs, trade Amazon, trade Microsoft, the best companies in the world. Apple just moved 30%. Welcome to the latest installment of Currently, the podcast that brings you the week's current events in finance, business, and technology with insight from the experts. Your host is Ryan Pilato, and today he's talking with Enrique Abeda. Enrique Abeda is a 25-year stock market warrior who chews up Twitter with an array of unfiltered perspectives on what's going on in the markets. One of the former hedge fund managers' current day gigs is writing newsletters for Whitney Tilson's Empire Financial Research. Another is co-hosting Hard Money's Million Dollar Podcast. It's highly entertaining and well worth checking out. So in the wee hours of this morning, Elon Musk tweeted that his acquisition of Twitter was on hold, pending details supporting the calculation that spam and fake accounts make up less than 5% of Twitter users. Enrique gives us his take on what Elon might be trying to do and how his latest gambit could backfire and put him on the hook for 5 to $10 billion. Enrique also offers his opinion on the carnage we're seeing in tech stocks and gives some salient advice on how to distinguish a correction from a recession. He talks about some specific stocks that might be currently undervalued and details how people are making money in a sputtering market. So strap in and enjoy our chat with Enrique Abedo. Enrique, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you about some of the macro trends that we're seeing in the market. Obviously, everyone's kind of freaking out because the market is, seems to be crashing. And I'd love, well, I really wanted to hear your thoughts on what was going on. But first off, we had some new news this morning that the Twitter deal was being put on hold uh, based on Elon saying that he wanted to look into more specifically if the bot accounts were really under 5% of users. More importantly, what do you think about this overall deal being put on hold and the, it's trading at a substantial discount to what his offer is? Do you think that it's a good buy for people to eat, make some easy money? Well, I, putting a deal on hold is not a freaking thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like me saying, oh, I'm going to go fly, flap my arms and fly today. Like, that's not a thing, bro. Like, so <laughs> there's very well-established law governing all of this. He has a contract. He needs to have a material change. Um, there, uh, an MAE clause, material adverse effect, has almost never been actually executed in a Delaware court of law where this is going to happen. He will lose. There is no chance, unless he could come out and prove that bots were 50%, and even then, he will lose. So let me be clear. From a legal perspective, he there is no such thing as put on hold. If he tries to leave this deal, mm -hmm. Twitter will sue him and he will lose that lawsuit. And he will technically be forced to move forward with the law, with the acquisition and or put up more, you know, or, and or make a big penalty payment. So I would recommend, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Matt Levine from uh, Bloomberg. Uh, he's a former Goldman guy, mm -hmm. you know, years ago, and I forget where he was before, maybe the wall street journal. He's, he does a really, he has a great blog that does, um, I think it's called money stuff. And he goes through, he, he's very technical. I think he actually might be a lawyer by background and he just published one. I'm going to share it on Twitter in just a second. I just, I, I just saw it. It goes through this. So like, let's just start with like 
putting the deal on hold, not a thing, not going to happen, never going to happen. It's just, <laughs> you know, so the issue is here, here's the options. Well, first off, I don't think, I, I, I don't, I think he still wants to do the deal. I think he's still going to do the deal. I think, and and Matt Levine mentioned this, it's a lot of, it's sort of reminiscent of LVMH Tiffany, which, you know, LVMH, the global Louis Vuitton uh, Moet Hennessy, uh, went out and made a bid for Tiffany right before COVID. Uh, COVID hit, all the stores shut down. They said, oh, this is material adverse change. Tiffany said, no, you owe us the money. And the deal ended up getting repriced by like 2% or something like that. Oh, wow. You know, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would just, I recommend reading Matt Levine's uh, piece. Um, yeah, I think it's a great buy. I, I think it's a great buy. I think that, uh, you know, I, even if it reprices, you're talking, you're going to be talking about a buck and, and you know what? So like, what's the market cap? I, let me put it this way. If he breaks this deal, he's not on the hook for a billion. He's on a hook on the hook for five or 10. That's just a reality. Like in terms of what's happening, yeah. the market cap of the company's 31, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I'd say, the market's saying there's a 50% chance of a deal. I think there's still a night. Look, there's a 100% chance there's a deal or, or he gets his ass sued and he's going to be be stuck and he'll lose. He'll lose. Yeah, this, exactly. this isn't even a, a debate. Like, so. Is this a negotiating tactic at all to get the price a better price? <sighs> who knows? I mean, who really gives a shit about a buck or two? Mm-hmm. You know, like I just, I just, yeah, exactly. I know, you know what it is. I, I think he just woke up and the Adderall wore off or, he, or the Adderall kicked in or something. <laughs> That's what I think happened. I I, yeah. I, I think he's just erratic. I think yeah. I, I honestly, honestly believe this is basically news. Ultimately it will be news about nothing. True. He has, he has a contract. He won't be able to get out of it. Um, you know, if he does, it's going to get really bloody. He's going to lose a lot of money. I still think he lo- likes the asset and who gives a shit if the bots are five or 10% yeah, exactly. or 20. It's not what, whatever. Well, it doesn't make any difference. So I, I think, I think this is a lot, a lot of noise. Um, the CNBC loves it. I think it's probably news to his investors as well. Cause just last week or a week before that he had brought on Sequoia and a bunch of different investors to help finance the yeah. deal. No, no, exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I, again, I just go back to there's things we can know and things we can't. Mm-hmm. What we know is there's a contract and he'll get his ass sued and he'll lose. Yeah. Those are 99% <laughs> certainties. So, you know, start from there and then you can begin to make some decisions or uh, calculations about what happens next. But I think it's a very interesting speculation. I mean, Twitter Twitter was admittedly the, the NASDAQ's down a lot, but Twitter was at... Where was Twitter before this? I mean, I guess Twitter was at 32, 33. So you still have about, you know, 20% down. But I, it's just high probability that that the deal goes through in some form. Yeah, for sure. You, you, you guys do such a great job on the Hard Money Million podcast, dissecting different names of companies. Last week, you guys were talking about Zoom, which was super interesting. And I love that episode that you guys did, where you break down kind of, you know, the financials and what you see it happening. And just before this call, you and I were talking a little bit about different specific names like Shopify, Coinbase, and all these different technology stocks. And you'd kind of said they're all going to trade the same way from here on out for at least the next six weeks. And that's due to a lot of macro things that we're seeing in the market that's putting pressure downwards, um, almost in a panic where, you know, it looks catastrophic in some areas. Could you talk a little bit more broadly about some of these macro things that are maybe not as obvious as just interest rates and where you see it, this going in the next six to eight weeks? Yeah, look, I mean, the majority of the time stocks are stocks and they trade off of stock stuff, but sometimes they're just stocks that trade off stock market stuff. And right now, you know, you went through a great list of companies, uh, Coin, Shopify, et cetera. And my comment was they're just all the same stock. Like it doesn't matter. We can we can talk all we want about the fundamentals, but in the next six weeks, it's just going to be the market. And, 
you know, I think it's important to understand, and I, I posted a, a thread on Twitter about this earlier today, that there are two types of periods where the stock market goes down. There are corrections mm-hmm. and there are bear markets. A correction would be defined by, and I'm going to use the S&P as a proxy. You could take the NAS, NASDAQ or Russell uh, 2000 as basically just a 1.5 to two times the S&P. Um, in a correction, the market goes down 10 to 20%. It goes down across six to nine months. It bottoms violently, meaning that you're going to see crazy days like a plus 4% day after a down 4% day. Um and then it recovers or it, it bottoms and it stabilizes and then eventually hits, returns to the old highs between six and 18 months later. That's a correction. A bear market coincides with a recession. We'll come back to that in a second. A bear market has the S&P down 30 to 50, takes 18 to 24 months to bottom, and then takes three to 10 years to reach a new high, okay, or, or to return to the old highs. Those are the two flavors. What's interesting about a correction is every correction at the bottom feels like the start of a bear market <laughs> every single mm-hmm. time. So the, the the big question you have to ask yourself, what's interesting about the price movement in, um, in stocks year to date is, and from the top, it looks like a correction. It looks like a standard correction. So the question is, do we go into recession? Um, there's a lot of interesting dynamics that are swirling here. But what I would say is that we're coming off very good growth. We have very good employment. We had some excesses in the economy, perhaps in crypto and technology, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But even housing prices, you haven't seen that much speculation there. You know, we had an overheated economy that is now cooling down. That is not a growing economy that goes into recession. We may have a profits recession, mm-hmm. which is what my partner David argues that GDP growth stays pro- positive, but because of labor costs, the profits go, you know, profits decline or, or go down. But I don't even think that's going to happen because the big thing to watch here is really just the, the the bond prices. And, you know, bonds were not responding to inflation until they did. And then they've gone up from 175 as, as of the first week of the the you uh, Russia Ukraine situation, the tenure was at 175. Then it went, and that was the first week of March. Then it went in a straight line to 325. By the way, the tenure has backed off 30 basis points. That's very important. And I think the tenure has backed off 30 basis points because of the following. We actually did see uh, a peak inflation number. It, sequentially, inflation mm-hmm. went down, although core didn't. Sequentially, inflation went down. And then go through the periods. Copper's down. Lumber's down. Um, you know, Housing prices are down. Used car prices have Freaking collapse. Let's talk about labor. There was a, a list. I think I maybe I posted. Yeah, I posted it this morning from Business Insider of eight tech companies that laid off thousands of people. Yeah. It was Uber. It was Facebook. It was, it was these things. So when you take each of these things, I still fundamentally believe that what we're dealing with in, with inflation is not excess liquidity driving prices because core demand never really accelerated. What happened is we saw a supply shock like we'd never seen before with COVID Mm -hmm. shutting down this very well-oiled machine. And then you got the Russia-Ukraine situation on top of it. And, you know, so I'd sort of say it's transitory for longer, right? Is that I think when we said transitory, there was this, this illusion that that meant six months. Maybe it meant 26 months, right? In terms of getting all those things moving again. But, you know, a couple things. First off, the the commodity uh, inflation price solves price. 
right? Because price creates demand and destruction and creates supply. You know, the higher the price, but if you're going to pay $6 a gallon for gas, guess what? You may not drive to Disneyland this year. Okay, then that, that sends the demand down. So on every level, we're seeing the, the leading indicators of inflation going down. And you know what the best leading indicator of inflation is? The bond price. And it just it just went down 30 basis points, you know, in terms of the in terms of the yield. So, you know, you have to ask yourself if this is a correction or or, or a bear market recession. The Bloomberg has a, a indicator. I don't know how they calculate it, but it's been around for a long time. And they say it's 75 percent, uh, you know, or a 25 percent chance of recession. And, and that feels about right to me. But but here's the thing. This is what you do with that. But well, actually, let's talk about another mm-hmm. subject. Let's talk about the NASDAQ and, and what's happened there. So I, let's have some fun with math. The NASDAQ in 2000 crashed 80%. ARC as of yesterday, from the peak, yeah. ARC as of yesterday was down 73%. Now, to go down 80, ARC still needs to go down another 20 from there, right? That's that's math mm-hmm. because you know, it <laughs> shrunk so much. But we've basically done 90% of the damage of the 2000 NASDAQ. Go through these numbers. Coinbase did around of private, which I think was bullshit, but around at 100 billion, Coinbase is a $16 billion market cap today. But Coinbase yesterday at one point, let me just get this, Coinbase at one point yesterday was like a $9 billion market cap. Mm-hmm. I want that to sink in. They did a $100 billion round. It's a $9 billion. Roblox, awesome company, right? Yeah. Uh, Roblox owns the metaverse. Roblox, and now it's up 20%. Roblox has a $20 billion market cap. Roblox had a $12 billion market cap yesterday. Yeah. So if Microsoft's going to pay $64 billion for Activision Blizzard, Roblox was a $12 billion stock. So you're, you're dealing with a situation where there was a bubble in these things. The revaluations are crazy. But now they're, they're not so crazy. And this gets back to what you were talking about with Zoom. You know, Zoom, let's just take a look at the tape here. Let's go to the, the earnings. Mm-hmm. Zoom trades at 23, you know, still should grow 10 to 15%, trades at 23 times earnings, 13 times even, um, you know, Zoom has like a three or 4% free cash flow yield. So like, you know, mm-hmm. what happened was I think we may have compacted a NASDAQ crash in nine months instead <laughs> of 19 or 29 months. The difference though, this is critical, is people will go, well, the NASDAQ's only down 30 but the Nasdaq today looks nothing like the Nasdaq in 2000. There are five stocks that make up 42% of the Nasdaq. Yeah, wow. You've got Apple, Microsoft, uh Google, um Tesla interestingly enough and and uh it's not Facebook, oh, it's fam, whatever. Mm-hmm. Apple, uh I'm missing one, but whatever it is. So what happened with the indices is I don't have I have the number what that number was in 2000, but it was probably 15% or 10%. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking for, there's no equally weighted NASDAQ composite. The NASDAQ composite has, has a couple thousand names. There's a NASDAQ 100, but I don't want to use that. But I bet you if I, and I'm going to have to find it, I, I'm not going to calculate it because it'd be the SOB. But I bet you if you took a look at the equally weighted NASDAQ composite, it's probably down 50 or 60%. So my point is this, is this looks a lot like a correction. Oh, let, let's talk one more thing about a correction. The last time the Fed raised rates, was called the temper tan- or the taper tantrum. Okay. This was back in 2014, 2016. And I'm going to pull this up. Let me pull up the chart. And so basically, the Fed, after the global financial crisis, uh, Fed funds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after the global financial crisis, the Fed kept rates at 25 basis points. 
And they were, I'm just pulling up the chart here. So they were 25 basis points. And then in December, they raised it from 25 to 50. And then again, in the following December, they raised it from 50 to uh, 75. And by the way, rates went all the way from December of 2015 to December of 2018. They went from 25 basis points to 2.5%. Sound familiar? Sound Mm -hmm. sound pretty pretty (laughs) interesting? Now, what's interesting about that, if you look at the S&P across that same period, okay, and this is, again, what we talk about with a correction, the S&P actually peaked in December at 2100 and bottomed in March at 1850. So 18 that's 12%. Mm-hmm. The S&P right now this time was down 18%. Then it bottomed, it actually went down two or three times, bottomed, got back to the old high by basically December and then it ripped. It was up 30% up into up into 2018, you know, up in 2019. So, you know, I, I think again Human psychology, it's very easy. I, I, you probably heard me say this. Mm-hmm. The human brain outweighs negative feedback eight to one. Okay. Yeah. Cavemen, if you were going to get a meal in your stomach, it made you happy for a day. If you it's fell starved. off a cliff or got eaten by a saber tooth, it's you way were more. Dead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's binary, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's a, so, so our brains are programmed to take negative feedback much worse, yeah. right? You know, as if opposed we, to positive. If we feedback. make money in the stock market as opposed to lose it, it's going to hurt way, way more. It, 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 exactly. So, but I think that we have all the telltale signs of something that looks more like a correction. And, and by the way, if this is just a correction, um, just, I mean, it's mm. been fucking terrible. So, so the NASDAQ, maybe we have a correction, but the NASDAQ doesn't have a correction. The NASDAQ has a bear market. But but in some ways, the NASDAQ does have a correction because a lot of those things that are down 80%. When you say that a correction on some of these stocks, it seems like it's almost overcorrected where some of these stocks are worth less than like the cash they have on hand or, you know, like if you look at Shopify. That's what that's what's happening is a lot of these are trading back. Some they've stair stepped function up. There's been a secular change and they're back at 2019 levels. Yeah. So, but they're they're I, so I'm going to give you a, a company, okay? And I'm I can't give you the name and it kills me, <laughs> but it's an open recommendation and we're going to be pushing it a lot. But there's a company. It's in my newsletters. Yeah, yeah. There's Go a company up, that that is uh, yeah. So Empire Breakthrough Investor is our SPAC newsletter where we just did a big update. I love the SPAC sector. The D SPAC I, SPACs are. Oh, an awesome space right now. Is that where this is? Is that where you talk about this? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a SPAC that was de-SPAC last year. Actually, SPACs and growth, I love right now. But we'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> but this company, they have a um, biotechnology platform. Are you familiar with Arm Holdings? No. Have you ever heard of Arm Holdings? So Arm Holdings was basically a IP company that holds a bunch of IP having to do with semiconductors and mobile and all that. And uh, they basically went out and figured out ways to work with technology companies to monetize that. And it turned into like a $40 billion company. I think SoftBank bought it or someone, I forget, you know, uh, NVIDIA was trying to buy arm holdings recently, turned into like a $50 billion Love company. NVIDIA. But, but this is what they had. They had, a, they had a database of IP and then they eventually figured out how to, to monetize that IP and to the point where I think arm was doing two or three or $4 billion of revenue, something like that. Very high margin, mm-hmm. 90% margin. This company has that same database of IP for DNA, okay, for, for literally physical DNA. So they basically are the arm holdings for biotechnology. Now, the company went public at a SPAC at 10. Yesterday, the company traded at $2.08. Wow. They have $1.5 billion of cash on the balance sheet, and they burn $100 to $150 million a year but it's their choice to burn it because they're investing in the staff and, and all that. And they have revenues and, and, and all this stuff. So let's just take a step back. 
I, and 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 people will be able to figure out what this is, but the, the lead investor. <laughs> I'm already Bill curious. Gates. Like it's, okay. it's yeah, like like people will figure this out. But I, I just won't say. It. So here you have this company that is is widely best venture investors in the world, real venture investors. Bill fucking Gates. I'm not supposed to curse. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, you can curse. I'm not cursing on your podcast. I curse on my podcast. We won't bleep um, it out. You, 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 Bill Gates, and and the, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. But think about it as an option. Just think about it as an option. This stock was $16 six months ago, was $2 yesterday. They have 10 years of runway. What is the chance in the next 10 years that there becomes the perception that this giant database of DNA can create the next Moderna, the next, and they, they take stakes wow. in all these companies? Well, dude, have the they despacked or like, they were previously stock and they've despacked? No, no, they despacked. The stock. Get away from the sixteen dollars. The stock was, you know, literally five dollars two months ago. So here's the thing: maybe this stock goes down another fifty percent. But I now have a ten-year call option, <laughs> ten years, right? And I have a call option on this vast market, which is hundreds of billions, if not trillions, of dollars with real technology. It's not going anywhere, and the stock's trading now at two seventy-two. You know, the stock on January 1st was $8. Wow. So I've got 50 down. And if it just goes back to where it was, I've got a three to five bagger, but I'm going to blow your mind. This thing, if it's actually real, could be a hundred or $200 billion company. The market cap on the company right now is 5 billion. So at, at, at 150 billion or a hundred billion, that's a 20 bagger. So I got 50 down. Yeah. I think I've got three to Three to five up, just on the market chilling out. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of this is probably because of the macro issues that are going on in the market. Yeah, if if they just if and if they're actually right, it's a twenty to forty bagger. You buy that all day long. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, now now we're all freaking out trying to figure out what this is. We're going to subscribe to the newsletter so that we can figure out what that is. <laughs> yeah, Empire Breakthrough Investor. I, I encourage you to. But yeah, so I, I think we we present a lot of opportunity. But I'll, I'll leave you one last one last concept. You know, I, I will say this. The, the, whether this is a correction or a recession from a trading perspective, as opposed to investing perspective, there's only one thing to do. And that's just trade the bejesus out of it. You know, it's, um, you know, you counterpunch. I, again, I, I put all my shit on Twitter, <laughs> you know, but like the key, so I made money in, in both the down markets of 01 and 08, but the way I made money, it, 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 we had a big short book, but it, it's going to surprise you. I didn't make money because of my shorts. What I made money was, my shorts made it so that I didn't lose very much or didn't lose at all or, or lost a lot less than the market. Mm -hmm. And then when the market got to the point where it did yesterday, what happened was I was able to lay off some of my shorts and I was able to buy the market because when I was when, I, when the market was down 12 and I was down two, mm -hmm. I was able to say, you know what, now I'm going to go really long. <laughs> because you know it's not going to go down twenty four in a straight yes, line, and and this is the crazy thing with the Nasdaq. I bought I bought T triple Q um, yesterday and this morning. It was the first thing I bought all year. Okay, yeah, I, love that. I, I sold out of a mutual fund and bought T triple Q this morning. Uh, twenty nine ninety. It's twenty nine seventy five. My weighted average cost, which is the leveraged Nasdaq, Tr three three time Nasdaq. Hmm. The the Qs from yesterday uh, or, or the Nasdaq, which um, was at eleven twenty five. That could go to 13,000. So that's a 15% move, and you wouldn't even break the downtrend. Amazing. It would still, the chart would look terrible. So <laughs> you're at a point now where you're so oversold that you could rally 15% and have a terrible chart. You buy that. You buy that.
even if it's just as a trade. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you about. The TPQ is like lower than I think the TPQ is lower than its fifty-two week low right now. So how much? There's not much more lower can go. Yeah, it's just it's just deeply oversold. So that's what. And and then I, I loved you know what what the sign of what this too. The whole thing that happened with Terra uh, could be a sign too. You know, like that. That's very real. Um, you know what was happening there. Yeah, we talked about that on our podcast yesterday. Yeah, like and look, crypto. Crypto has, you know, crypto has those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I still think crypto is very real, real, but we just went from three trillion to one trillion in crypto mm-hmm. in in six months. So now maybe we go to five hundred billion, but then we're kind of done. Do you know what I'm saying? This is my point about these stocks. Mm-hmm. Like, how much lower is Roblox going to go? How much Shopify. lower is Zoom going to go? Like, you know, they're 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 done. So then, you know, I, I just think I think we're ninety percent of the way there. So that was my that was leading into our next question was how much further do you think people go for people that don't want to trade and maybe they just want to hold on to their cash until they find some good opportunities to buy into things like Shopify, Robux, uh, some of these great opportunities. You think we're ninety percent of the way to the bottom and like how much? I, I, here's here's what I think. Here's what I think. With a one to three year view, I think you buy all of them. Mm-hmm. I think there's a seventy five percent chance that we bottomed and a twenty five percent chance that they get all cut in half. Yeah, <laughs> that's. But I get. I'm serious. That's that's literally. But mm-hmm. I, I, that's pretty good, right? Because yeah. if we've bottomed the 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 return to some degree of normalcy alone, will have those stocks up thirty to fifty percent. So so let's go. Let's let's go through my. Let's call it for those stocks fifty percent. Mm-hmm. So I got a seventy five percent chance in the next six to twelve months. A seventy five percent chance of up fifty. That's thirty seven and a half. I got a 25% chance of down 50. That's 12.5. So that's an up 25 probability weighted, you know, if you're picking the right stocks. And I'll tell you what, if you pick the right ones, you got a 100% chance that you're going to make 100% of your money in the next two years. Just blew my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, so, so, but look, is, is it very real? Could they go down another, you know, but, but I get back to this other stock I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's got, I mean, could it trade at cash? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But this will be over. This will end. Guess what? The world's not ending. Exactly. And the, like you said, like most of the underlying businesses for these stocks have not changed very much. If you look at Shopify, they're stronger than ever. And some of the businesses that are being built on top of Shopify, like Klarna and some of these other companies. Our, our business, our, our, my, 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 my uh, private business is crushing it. Yeah. Still crushing These it. businesses are crushing you know, it. And, yeah. And like some of them are have bigger market caps than Shopify right now, like Klarna and some of these other companies. Um, they're doing great. And Shopify, the business that's, you know, making all these happen, um, I think is totally undervalued here. Yeah. I think, I think there's a group of stocks, you know, look, what, what we're, what we did in our SPAC newsletter, which is called breakthrough investor. I basically went through and said, okay, are any of these going bankrupt? Let's, let's get that out of the way. Cause you want to remove those from the portfolio right now. You know, anything that's burning a lot of cash has really bad balance sheets. And the good thing we had with, with SPAC is that we, we actually ended up getting saved by the fact that the SPAC market sucked so bad last year because beginning in May, we pivoted away from the growthy stuff like the, the whatchamacallit, the, um, you know, like Virgin Galactic and all that crap and moved to a bunch of real world businesses because we were seeing real mm-hmm. world businesses being SPAC. Um, we also did a really good job uh, in all the newsletters that I have an old rule that if anything doubles on me in less than a couple months, I sell half or, or sell 55%. That's yeah. a great rule. If you're, I, I always say this, to people. If you got something, takes that, off table. Look, a, a, but here's a, here's something else to think about. It's so far from where we are right now. Is up a hundred percent in three months? You sell every time. 
up 100% in 23 months, you probably buy more. Wow, that's Does an that interesting sense? Role. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and so we we did that with a bunch of stocks. I just didn't do it with all of them uh, in our growth newsletters. But like you, you just go through it, go through the balance sheet, figure out companies that have mm-hmm. this hyper growth, that they're not going out of business, that you've got long runways. And, and you're just sitting in some ways, you're just sitting on a ton of optionality value mm-hmm. in a lot of growth names, right? That's the way to think about it. So you've got 50 down and you got 500 up. But if they're not going out of business, the 50 down is a short-term thing. The 500 up is a, is an intermediate to long-term thing. What is your business that you said you built on Shopify? Oh, I have the Business Project M, which is the e-commerce company where we own Revolver. We own Inked Magazine. We oh, own amazing. Revolver Magazine, yeah. Brooklyn Vegan. And so we basically own a raunchy tattooed hot topic and an online record store. We actually might be the largest independent online vinyl record store on earth at this oh, point. Wow. And we've gone from 300,000 of revenue in 2019 to that business this year, we'll do close to 15 to 16 million. Wow. And this is all powered on Shopify and you, you know, you're all, I, I run seven Shopify stores. I'm launching two more by Labor Day. Incredible. We have we 23 got... applications that run on the top of the Shopify. So I know a little bit about Shopify. <laughs> I know yeah. a little bit about Facebook too. You know, we did a, we did a podcast the other day with our, uh, with our paid guy who runs our paid advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we spend, we spend a hundred thousand dollars a month on, on Facebook and Google across all of he those spends, businesses. Yeah. Across all of those. He spends, and you should check out that podcast. Uh, it was a special version of the hard money podcast. He spends a hundred million a year Wow, for his clients. So he's got really good insight into Facebook uh, and Google. Well, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Where do you think the Fed goes from here with um, their inflation rates? Uh, look, I, I, I think that the Fed raises another 50 to 150. Um, I'm fine with the current expectations that are in the market, which is that it goes to 250, 300 on the Fed funds. But I don't think it really matters. It didn't matter in 2016 to 2018 mm-hmm. because whatever. So again, I, I, we have very clear data historically of what happens when the Fed starts raising rates. And you know what happens when the Fed starts raising rates? The market goes up pretty much every time. People forget that. It's when the Fed starts cutting rates that the market goes down. And you know why? Because they cut rates when there's a recession. So, and people come in, but this time they can't cut rates even if there's a recession because there's inflation. But you're missing the point. If there's a recession, there's no inflation. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't have, you know, now, now we could say, do we have stagflation, which is a version of inflation plus stagnant growth? And that's where we got caught in the 70s. This is in the friggin' 1970s. There's no there's there's practically no similarity with what's happening versus the 1970s. So we won't continue to have inflation as we if we enter into a recession. No, we're already the rec- inflation will be at three, four percent by year end, if not lower. So what would you, what are you doing then with it to navigate this? Are you kind of like waiting till till we kind of see more from the Fed? Well, look, I, I think I think for trading accounts, you trade like a banshee. Mm-hmm. When the market's every day the market's down three or four, buy a little bit. And when it finally gets down 15, push all your chips in when it when, from the recent high. And then when it pops five or ten, sell all of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> but but you have that opportunity, right? You know, so we had years, we sometimes have years where the market doesn't trade more than a percent or two a day. Years. Mm-hmm. streaks. It's trading 4% every other day. Now, take advantage of that volatility. Upgrade too. Don't be, if you're trading, you don't need to screw around with like, like small caps. Really trade T triple Qs, trade Amazon, trade yeah. Microsoft, the best companies in the world. Apple just moved 30%. The best company in the friggin' world just yeah. moved 30%. You got all the vol there. So if you're a trader, trade a lot, buy low, sell high, upgrade. If you're an investor, Find those options like that one I just talked about, you know, mm-hmm. with that with that yeah. biotech company. You know, that's 50 down, 
50 down, three to 500 up with a chance of 2,500 up. That is how you make generational wealth. That's how you, that's how, that's how you, 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 you create mm-hmm. a real track record. So Larry Robbins got a great track record at Glenview Capital Management. He, all of his money was made basically buying highly leveraged businesses in market crashes. It, it was original. So what he did, it, very similar to me, um, he basically stayed alive during the, the crashes. And then he bought a bunch of highly leveraged stuff that as opposed to these growth names were just leveraged stubs because they had so much debt. And then they went up a thousand percent. You know, you got three stocks up a thousand percent. It makes up for a lot of problems. I was literally just going, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I was going through our SPAC portfolio. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up. I was doing some math. Watch this. So our SPAC portfolio um, since inception is down uh, 27%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's that sucks. I'll note to you though, the SPAC ETF is actually down 47%. So, so the problem is sometimes when you've got a, a long only strategy or a newsletter, I get picked to pay, pick SPACs. So I can't pick non-SPACs. I can't pick <laughs> Apple. I can't, you know, go yeah. and do something else, uh, you know, and, and, but so we're down 27%. It's outperformed the, uh, the, the, whatchamacallit, vis-a-vis the S&P, which, oh, sorry, sorry. That's the alpha. I, I take that back. We're actually down 24% is what we're down. Okay. And our alpha is down either 23 or 27. 23 is the real number. So I'm down 24%. The S&P is basically flattish during that period on an apples to apples basis. Down 24 sucks, but the but the SPAC ETF is down 50, 47 in that period. But here's the thing. We, we have what we call t- basically 10% positions in that track record. I've got 200, uh, I've had t- basically 200% of position in there. If I go, I'm going to on Monday, double down on this stock I mentioned. Okay, the three dollar stock. So that will give it basically a five percent weighting in this portfolio. If I'm right that that thing goes up fivefold in the next twelve months, it takes my entire portfolio down twenty four percent to flat. You understand that math? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One five percent position that goes up fivefold produces twenty five hundred basis points of performance. Mm -hmm. My portfolio is only down twenty four hundred basis points. So this is what I'm saying about generational wealth. This is the time that you back up the truck. You find these names because you're going to find in these growth names and select SPACs, you know, you're going to find these things that can go up two, five, tenfold, you know, down 50, up 500, buy it all day long. Incredible. Those are the names you need to find that will actually make a difference in your life and change your life. That's why people need to subscribe to that newsletter and find out what this stock is. Well, so, and and, and this is my, but I want to do that math example because, you know, you don't, so, so right now, we're basically, let's come back to Coinbase for a second. Mm-hmm. Coinbase did that round at a hundred billion. You know, Coinbase right now is, let's go back to the market cap here. You know, the, the venture capitalists basically, you know, back when they actually did something, you know, their, <laughs> their, 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 their MO was the following, right? I, I get mm-hmm. 10 companies. One of them is going to be a thousand bagger. Three of them, I break even, I lose money on seven of them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because of the thousand bagger, I just made, you know, whatever. I just made a, a, a 200% return. Okay. You're getting venture opportunities in public markets. Coinbase has a $16 billion market cap. I, I don't have an opinion on Coinbase, by the way. I, I want to mm-hmm. do some work. $16 billion market cap. They did around at a hundred billion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it was worth a hundred billion, but my point is you're right now, you can identify these companies that aren't going bankrupt, that are real companies Roblox, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that, that are going to be around. And I think they got 50 down and 500 up. 
That's venture in public in some yeah. of the best companies of the last 20 years. Yeah. Not to mention, I'll throw this out there too. I think there's a generational buying opportunity in fam. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when's the next time you're going to see Apple down 40%, 30% yeah. or whatever, whatever it's down. Amazon, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put Netflix in there, but I would put Facebook. Yeah. So like you said, the, these are some blue chip names that have the ability to 10x people's money, which like Coinbase, they have to. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know that those will 10x, but, they, but they, you, you have this. I think you have a chance to double your money in, in these fam good names. And I think you have a chance to five to 10 your money in a group of, you know, a dozen, you know, established winners that aren't going away. That are that are still renaissance. Do you feel that's the same with Tesla, which is down to seven hundred bucks or something right now? And I don't have an opinion. Hmm. One of my most powerful abilities is to not have an opinion. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough thing to do sometimes. So, yeah. like, is is it? A I'm nev- not Jim Kramer. I don't need to. I don't need to chime <laughs> in on every every stock. We don't need receipts so. of you saying things that don't happen. <laughs> most of the stuff you say actually like comes is is pretty accurate. So that's why we appreciate having you. I, on. I mean, through time, through time, yeah. I can't. You know, I can't. I can't. Timing and magnitude are hard, but outcome is easier. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I have a really good track record of being right. Timing and magnitude. And look, if you get timing and magnitude and you lose half your money, that is being wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, I'm not going to shrink from that. But it's only wrong if you if you sell. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, uh, yeah. So we we did a scrub on SPAC. We're going through a, scra- a scrub on Empire Elite Growth, which is where it growth names. And I might, I might mm-hmm. eliminate a couple names, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm looking for just get rid of the stuff that has a chance to actually go out of business and focus on these things that are going to be around. And the the growth is obviously you know being led because of a lot of the rate hikes. Which do you think we're done, or are they going to keep raising rate hikes? No, to I think keep- they go. I think they, they go to I, they go to 200, 250, 300. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. But no, no. But you're wrong. Like I don't think that the rate hikes. No, the the problem the problem with Carvana, you know, is that Carvana went from went from eighty five to 385 for all intents and purposes in 18 months. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So we five-folded the stock in 18 months. Remember what I said about something doubles in 30 days, you mm-hmm. sell it. Sell it. <laughs> doubles, in three, d- d- doubles in three years, you buy, buy it. But we had hundreds of growth stocks that that's what they did. Hmm. They basically went, they went, from, they went up three to five-fold in 18 months. And every one of them was a was a was a sale, and we 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 did pretty well. We sold a bunch, like where we sold half, something like that. Um, but we you know it's it, we couldn't we couldn't do enough. But that's okay because now I'm I'm still alive, and and now we counterpunch. And now <laughs> what we do is we we load up this portfolio with, you know, it, it's load up with things that we're going to make you know five hundred a thousand times our money. Love that. Well, we'll let you get back to telling people how to make 500,000 times their money. And not 500, 500, <laughs> 500 or a thousand, 500 or a thousand, not 500,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make some generational wealth. Uh, appreciate yeah. your time. It's been so amazing hearing your thoughts on this and really educating us on and the, you know, our audience on how to navigate some of these uncertain times. So really appreciate your feedback on this. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate man. it. We'll talk soon and we'll make sure to go read that newsletter, figure out what that SPAC is. Yeah, and, and follow me on uh, Twitter, Enrique Abeda. I, you'll see how my name's spelled. Check out Hard Money, uh, which is one of our brands, Hard Money Million Dollar Podcast uh, on all the uh, DSP, Spotify, Apple, et cetera. And uh, check out Empire Financial Research. Uh, you know, we've, we're, we're, we're publishing some really great stuff right now. Yeah, it's really great. I love your tweets. You've been talking about uh, T and the QQQ for like, you know, a while now on Twitter and been following that. 
Um, so it's, you know, it's nice to see some of your insights and thoughts there as well. And the concept of hard money million where you're trying to turn 10,000 into a million dollars is super interesting. So seeing we're, you know, we're still at 45, money. we're still at 45. <laughs> so we had, we were at 160 at one point. We're yeah. still at four and a half times our money since February, last February. So it's we'll pretty good. It. It's, it's better than me. It's better than most yeah. people right now. It's better than tiger yeah. global, I think. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are doing great. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon.